This is just why it matters, and the program is about conversations with people from different walks of life. My guests are subject experts as well as people who have the lived experience of being blind or who have low vision. We'll cover topics ranging from sports, arts, social events, and everything else across the spectrum for as long as it helps you lead a full life. Welcome to Just Why It Matters. Thanks for joining us again on Just Why It Matters. I'm Kenneth Puai, your host, and today we're going to be talking about something that's been going on here for quite a while. And I discovered this when I wandered down the back of the grounds of visibility. And it's the woodworking shed. And guess what? We've got a whole bunch of men. And most recently, a new participant who is a woman. But let's have a chat with the man on the spot who's running the workshop. And I'm talking about Will. Will, thanks for joining us. Not a problem, Kenneth. Nice to be here. Will, you run the workshop and it's all about woodworking and all about getting their hands dirty. Now, why do you think the workshop is so well attended? It's just a really good social vibe. It's basically a social group, if I can put it that way, more or less. And our common interest is is woodworking. So I think that's why it's so well attended. Right. Yeah. So if you've been wondering, I'm speaking with Will Ford and he's talking about the woodworking shop. So it's a social group, but there's more that happens in there than just natter and chatter, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. There's some serious woodworking going on there. I've been the activities officer now for, for three weeks and joining three weeks ago, I was actually quite surprised to the level of projects that are going on there. So, yeah. so talk to us about the projects. How sophisticated are some of these projects? Well, we've got a wine rack in there at the moment. Oh, Yeah, we've got a wine rack and it's a fairly tall standing wine rack and it's a honeycomb design. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the level of sophistication, I suppose you want to put it, that we go to. And there's a couple of coffee tables that are, that are about to happen that are some serious projects. Right. Yeah. So we do everything from, from chopping boards to little projects that are easy for people to, to feel and and handle, and it suits their level of visibility all the all the way up to, like I said, the wine rack. Is, right. It's quite a serious project, yeah. Now, for someone who has no background in working with wood or just working on projects, how do you ease them into the game? Like I said, we will start with something like a chopping board or a breadboard. Um, the volunteers are very clued up on a woodworking skills, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. I myself am a qualified cabinet maker. So so we, we ease you in with something like a breadboard um, just to get your way around it. And then once you get a handle of working with wood, sanding projects, polishing them up, oiling them up, then we start discussing with you what you might personally like yourself. Yeah. So you really begin with a piece of wood right up to the very finished product. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Now, talk about safety and rules. What sort of rules do you have that keeps everyone safe and still having fun? Okay, obviously there there, there's some either the the workshop is divided into two halves, and the the machining shop there's some heavy duty equipment in there. So so if you're in the, the if you're vision impaired and you're in the machining shop, then you will be with a volunteer. 
you're not to to sort of go in there and handle machines on your own. And then we sort of we gauge the tasks as to what you can do. The majority of the time, you're feeding machines or you're 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 receiving timber out of machines. You're not really at the at the forefront of the blade, if you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's the basics, which is eye protection, hearing protection. Outside of that, there's the dust masks. And obviously, tasks are designed to suit the level of visibility of the, of the particular client. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Now, give us a bit of a tour of the workshop. You see there's a machining section and there's other parts. Um, just give us a, a walk through the workshop. Okay, in the back half of the workshop, obviously, that's the machining shop. Okay, that's where the majority of the cutting happens, if you want to put it that way. Uh-huh. Okay, there's a cup, there's a bandsaw in there. There's a, a combination joiner thicknesser. So that's how we make the timber all nice and pretty, level and flat. There's a panel saw there, which does the majority of our cutting, and a couple of smaller items like a fixed set router and a drop saw. The majority of the times you'll find the clients with a limited vision being able to use the drop saw and the bandsaw, and then it's the volunteers who handle the other the other machines. Right. As you come into the main area, kind of like our little own social hub, <laughs> where it, where it all gets assembled, there's four workbenches, and just about every piece of woodworking hand tools machinery, handheld machinery that you can think of, is is in that section, and that's basically where it all happens. That's where a piece of timber starts out raw, visits the machine top, comes out pretty. In the in the main area where the benches are, we assemble it and it becomes a piece of furniture. That sounds fantastic. Have I missed any sections there? No, that's about it. Okay. <laughs> now, rules of the game, again, just coming back to safety, because I know it's an important part of working and working especially in groups. Tools on benches, tools on floors, are there any specific must-not-break rules in that department? Myself and the volunteers, we're basically trying to keep whatever task is being done at that given moment, that is the tool that is being out that that is out on the bench. We try not to let there be a build up of dust on the floor or machinery hand tools on the benches. So, again, it's task orientated. If you're sanding, then the sander is out. When you finish sanding, then the sander goes away. So basically, that rule of keeping things clear. Because items can be knocked, definitely. Um, the worst thing would be having one of those machines fall on your foot. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Now, there's a lot of noise given the fact that there's some heavy-duty machinery working at the same time. Communication, because people with low vision or are blind don't have the benefit of gesturing to each other. How do you work around the fact that communication is somewhat difficult? It's the same as any any woodworking shop, basically. Any woodworking shop, that noise is always there. Earmuffs are expected to be on during hearing protection, expected to be on during that noise. You take the opportunity when that noise is is no longer there and the, the little breaks in time where the machines are not going to actually <coughs> discuss instruction. So it's, it's, it's a plan. It's about setting a task A, B, C and D and so that the vision impaired person knows what's going to happen, not necessarily leaving them to sort of guess as to what's going to happen. Yeah. Frequently asked questions. What sort of questions do you get for someone who's thinking about coming and joining a group? Basically the projects we do, that's a big one. 
they'd like to know that if they joined the woodworking shed, that they would end up with a project, <laughs> a breadboard or a clock, and, and they'd be taking a, it per- home. Sorry to interrupt. Is that a personal project or are they group projects? The large majority of them are personal projects, yes. We do have some group projects which are aimed towards the open day. Yeah. So those are discussed amongst the clients, not necessarily new clients, but those are definitely discussed amongst the clients and the volunteers a lot. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And what's the next most frequently asked question? Um, <laughs> Can I'm a woman sure. join? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We've got a few elderly ladies there who are the life of the of the hub, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> Great. Yeah, they bring the character in, I think. Yep. Right. Yeah. And their projects, are they any different from the blogs? Not at all. Not at all. It's it's ultimately personal choice. Some people are making projects for friends. Some people are just doing projects that are personally their own. Yeah, it, it is all up to. The majority of the times for the ladies, it's gifts that they're giving away, actually. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you've been in the job for three weeks. What's the most fun part that you've already experienced? Uh, honestly, I just enjoy being in a woodworking shed in, in whole. I don't know if I can pick a fun moment. <laughs> yeah, I just, I love being a part of, of that environment where where we've all got that common mindset of manufacturing furniture. Like I said in the beginning, I was surprised to see the level considering their vision impaired. I was surprised to see the level of furniture that they were making. And that excites me just in general. Oh, it sounds like fun. It sounds like a real good fun group. Yes, it is. We have a ball. (laughs) (laughs) Well, William, the job is yours and the fun is also to be had. And I wanted to thank you for coming in and spending this time and giving us a bit of a tour around the men's and women's woodworking group. No worries, Kenneth. Thanks for having me. Next, we'll be speaking with one of the actual participants in the woodworking group, and he is Reg Pollard. Reg Pollard, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me in here. Oh, most welcome. You're most welcome. Now, you've been in the group for how long? I have been with the group Ten and a half years. Ten and a half years. I am one of the longest ones in the shed at the moment. Uh, There's another guy who's started at the same time. He's quite good, and uh, I have been here ten and a half years. I started in the start of 2008. Okay. Now, apart from building the wooden version of the Eiffel Tower, what other projects have you worked on? (laughs) I've done several different projects. What's the most challenging one you've had? The biggest one I've had, I made a fine timber table, one and a half metres square, and about a metre and a quarter high, and four stools to go with it for outside under our patio at home. And that would have been probably one of my biggest and hardest projects up to date. I've made a smaller coffee table. Mm-hmm. I was in my first year. What sort of wood did you choose? Out of pine and jarrah. Pine and jarrah? It's pretty hard wood for for jarrah. It is very attractive too. I quite like it actually. Good grain. Yeah, and the grain and and pine timber as well. What I've done was on the top of the coffee table I made would be 50 millimetre squares of pine and jarrah timber joined together with a jarrah beading around the outside enough rich to put a piece of glass in the top of the oh, timber. Sounds stunning. Yeah. And I'm very proud of that job. And uh, <laughs> took me a couple of months to do. And 
going back to the outside setting I just told you about, the first, the hardest one, mm-hmm. took me probably around about four to five months. Wow. Okay. With a hand with a volunteer who was very good at the time. Yeah. But unfortunately, he has left. Right. Uh, so, through sickness. Yeah. yeah. Well, with working on these projects, what are the challenges? Because you have a vision impairment. Yeah. What sort of challenges you're uh, faced with and how do you overcome them? It's been probably a challenge to a lot of it. I've been always wanted to be handled in what woodwork. At high school, one of our lessons was in woodwork and metalwork. Mm. And from that time onwards, I'm talking about high school period. I was at a normal high school. I didn't go through the normal line school in the era of when I was at primary school. Yeah. We were all branched out to high schools and we had woodwork and metalwork in the normal classes and mm-hmm. I had assistance from the teacher at the time, but that was a challenge to start with and I always have like woodwork since then. Right. But I always wanted to be a cabinet maker when I left school. Yeah. But I could never ever get into because of insurance and all that type of thing. A lot of these right employees wouldn't take it on in those days. Yeah. With a chance of accident, I suppose. But then I got a hold of another jobs and right through until retiring age, which I have now, thought I'll have a go at woodwork in here, huh? Mm-hmm. At visibility here. I wanted to make these bigger items, like the tables and stools and the t- coffee tables. That would be our biggest challenge in. And I've done breadboards and chopping boards and hall stands. That's another challenge that was. Yeah. I uh, mm-hmm. made three of those over the time. Right. One for us and two for friends. And I've made oh, all types of things. And also I've helped make little barbecue oh, sauce yeah. stands. and Oh, fantastic. Now, uh, for barbecue outside settings. And When you approach some of the larger projects, how do you figure out the design that you want it to be and the outcome without the right. benefit of sight? I can see enough to draw up a plan. Right. And the sizes I roughly put down and the drawing of what I want before I take on a big item, huh? Yeah. But it's all in the mind of how I want it and how the sizes and that type of thing, basically. Right. Mm. Okay. And you work with a group of other blokes and now the women who are coming in. Now, what's it like working in groups? Do you have a lot of social interaction or do you guys just get your heads down and work on the project and uh, keep we your do, eyes on the, on the ball? We do have a heads down and work pretty good. And also we have a socialising, talking to each other and yelling a joke and that type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> also at the same time, which is very good atmosphere. Mm. It brings on very good. Mm. And it's always good fun. Yeah. And I've always have liked it since I've been doing it here, and yeah. the woodwork and the shed. And, yeah. Now, and I understand that you have been able to tempt your good wife to come and join the group. Is that correct? That's right. She originally was in an site here in the leisure centre doing the handicraft slot, making baskets and knitting. And so she's she did trying. a little bit of pottery way back in early days. Uh-huh. And then she thought, oh, I'd like to do a bit of woodwork. Yeah. Okay. I said at the time, well, okay, come out and see the last guy who was um, the 
in charge of us before yep. William here. Yeah. Come out and saw us and saw him and said, well, how can I um, have a um, go just one week or two weeks and see how I go with it? Yeah. She's been there ever since three and a half years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, she oh, really good. likes it and she's really, no, she's made some good stuff too. That's um, great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Her first ever job she took on was a big blanket box oh, made yeah. out of fine pieces of timber. Yeah. And it's quite a big one. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was really proud of that. She's a big, big challenge to her, but she's prepared to do it. And, mm-hmm. and she had the volunteers, oh, a few of the volunteers over the time she's doing it. Yep. And helping her in bits and pieces. But she um, done a lot of the gluing, gluing and Cutting the timber in the um, beautiful on the saws and therefore beautiful. and I handle the saws yeah and the drop saw and the rip saw and I've helped put the timber through the thicknesser and right right therefore and I've used it quite a bit over the time and that's a bit of a challenge to start with especially she, using the bandsaw. <laughs> yeah. But she's having the, fun. That's a that's yeah. a good thing. And you guys yeah. are working yeah. on projects together sometimes. We haven't really done, or well, I suppose this last one, she's doing a breadboard. She's just finished. Oh, fantastic. Had a hexagon shape mm. and something she was in her own mind what she wanted to do. Wonderful. And now she's made it. I uh, won't let her use it at home. <laughs> it's a showpiece. <laughs> yeah. Rich, we're down to our last minute. Mm. Um, if there's anyone out there who's a little bit sort of nervous and anxious about joining the woodworking group, what would you say to him or her? I, I would say definitely have a go. Come over and see what's going on. If I didn't do anything for the first time, just to come out and have an idea what everything's like and being shown around and just get the atmosphere and I'd certainly be welcome in. Get, and pick up those tools and start making things. Yeah, yeah sort of just give them an idea. And yeah. I think they what nerves they would have, they'd probably lose it straight away. Okay. And, Fabulous. And we've got a very good instructor here at the moment in William. He's only been there three weeks, but he's fallen in with all the guys and girls, and we all seem to like him. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's a fabulous fabulous way Mm. to end the show. Mm. Reg Pollard, thank you for spending this time with us. Yeah, well, that's been a pleasure, and thank you for having me. Okay. Well, that's the end of this episode of Just Why It Matters. And until I see you again, this is Kenneth Bois signing out.